Football systems check. Microphone. Check. Record enabled. Kate. Check. Michelle. Check. All systems go. I repeat, all systems go. We got a problem. We got a Copy. We have ball blast. I repeat, we have ball blast. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. Welcome to the Ball Blast Podcast. Here to help you get ballsy and win your fantasy football leagues. Now, here are your hosts, Kay Majuk, Michelle Majuk, and Jake Trowbridge. Ayo! Ayo! Welcome into the Ball Blast Fantasy Football Podcast, where it's our goal to help you get ballsy and win your fantasy football leagues. I am your host, Michelle Majuk, researcher for the NFL Network, and I'm joined by Kate Majuk, content manager with DraftKings Nation, and Jake Trowbridge, contributor with Matthew Barry's Fantasy Life. What is up, guys? I mean, we've had preseason. We've had a whole preseason week, a whole one, with all the teams playing and lots of goodness happening. Kate, what was your favorite part of preseason week one? Uh, definitely Kenny Pickett balling out in the, I'm kidding. <laughs> that was not, that was not my favorite part because uh, I haven't been subject to harassment, but my, oh my, Michelle Steelers fans are not a fan of you. Yeah. His three air yards per attempt is getting people hot and heavy, but no, I'm just kidding. He looked good. He looked good. He looked just as good as uh, Mitch Trubisky did, which is great. Um, no, my favorite part, Michelle, definitely had to be the Damian Pierce hype train, which uh, took off this weekend, I suppose. Not not so long after I just had in my ballsy episode, let's get ballsy. If you haven't listened to that, guys, by the way, go back, listen, please, uh, and hear all about my love for Damian Pierce as a top 24 running back in 2022 before his preseason game. And now, like, you know what? There's not even room on the bandwagon, guys. I'm. He had a couple nice runs. Now we're talking about the rookie running back for the Houston Texans. Fourth round pick, I believe. He had a nice week one. Kate loves him. We'll see where it goes from there. Jake, what was your favorite part of preseason week one? I just like that for the most part during the games, we didn't see any catastrophic injuries happen. I was terrified. Soldier Field. If you saw Soldier Field before that game was played, yeah, I did. The Bears, I saw the pictures. Yeah. They were manually filling in divots right up to the game time with random. It was like a rubberized sand, is how I heard somebody describe it. I don't even know what that is, but the fact you're doing that right before the game, I thought Patrick Mahomes, uh, the Chiefs were playing. I thought, you know, he's out there playing a series. Like, God forbid something happened there. So the fact that that did not happen, I was just very pleased with. That's a good one. That's a good one. I like that. Um, Well, today and this week, we have two awesome episodes because we're finally getting into rankings. And to be able to fit them all in, hopefully before your fantasy drafts, we're doing two episodes a week, this week and next week. So today's episode will be the top 12 quarterbacks. We're doing consensus ball blast rankings. And then in another couple days, you'll get our running back rankings episode. And then next week, you'll get our wide receiver episode and tight end episode, all top 12. It's going to be a lot of information. It's going to be a lot of fun. So let's just hop into news and notes real quick here so we can get into those top 12 quarterbacks. Breaking news. Breaking news. Breaking news. Breaking news. All right, first up, this is actually pretty big news. Uh, Ken Walker, rookie running back for the Seahawks, drafted in the second round. You know, we're thinking he's going to split the backfield here with Rashad Penny. He's apparently dealing with a hernia issue, and he's working on it. That's pretty much the information we have to go on. He's not able to practice right now because of this injury. And, you know, hernia injuries can be really tricky. Sometimes you need surgery to fix them. You really can't play running back with this type of issue because that would kill unless he's like the toughest man in the world. Jake, what are your thoughts hearing this news? Rashad Penny is back to health and at practice. Does this move up Penny in your rankings? By default, it has to, right? Like everybody has to move him up. But my concern is what's going to happen next week. 
is anybody going to be healthy really next week? Because it just seems like they can't all possibly ever stay healthy. And obviously that's definitely included Rashad Penny over the years. So, I mean, hey, fingers crossed that he can stay out there and do it. My thought when I when I just heard this was, does Seattle actually make a move now with this news? Like, depending on how long it keeps him out for, might they trade for Kareem Hunt, who has been actively seeking a trade from the Browns? Like, the landing spot to me would make a ton of sense, and they need somebody to catch passes. I, I don't know. I mean, I could see something like that happening, maybe. Historically, Seattle not so keen on doing that type of thing, but this might push them that direction. Yeah, it would have to be like a Walker big time. Like he's going to be out like this year. Like, I don't think they're going to do this if, you know, he has hernia surgery and he's out a month or so. Like, I think you don't waste that much draft capital on these two guys talking about Penny. I mean, he's still first round big from a a handful of years ago. So I I don't know about the whole trade thing, but that would be a nice addition for them. Kate, what are your thoughts? How much does this push up Penny for you? Are you just waiting to hear exactly how long? Walker will be out for. I mean, this could, this could really push Rashad Penny into, I mean, like, let's be honest, if he's the primary back and he has that role secured, we already know he has top 12 upside, like to close out the season, he probably won you your fantasy leagues. If he was on your bench, like, or not on your bench, if you had picked him up off waivers, I mean, extrapolating his, uh, his data when he returned last year, I think it was week 10 on, he would have been on pace for literally 2000 rushing yards over. Like, I think it was a six, six or seven game sample size. So like, it's again, not a full season, but my God, like, it's not like a two game sample. When the guy touches the ball and he's on the field, he's amazing. It's not just the end of last year. It's anytime he's on the field and he touches the ball. He is fantastic. He's extremely, extremely talented. The entire thing comes down to health. If he can stay healthy, especially if Walker's missing time. He's more like a... And he's a great value. He's more like a Rashad Quarter. Whoa, good one. Wow. I won't give him that nickname unless he starts actually (laughs) catching passes. Like, if okay, if he starts getting targets, then I'll buy into the Rashad Quarter business, but not a moment before. Romeo, uh, Romeo... Uh, Romeo Diddy we've got (laughs) yeah so my dream fantasy squad in 2022 consists of Rashad Quarter, Romeo Diddy by the way is Romeo Dobbs we have the whole crew which speaking of I wasn't going to say this in the news because it's not really newsworthy but Aaron Rodgers was interviewed today um we're we're talking here on Tuesday August 15th, August 16th and Aaron Rodgers said his top three wide receivers on the team are Alan Lazard, Randall Cobb, and Sammy Watkins. And he did not mention Romeo Dobbs. He said, you know, all the other guys will have to fight for that fourth role, which that kind of puts a fire out on the whole Dobbs for redraft a little bit, right? Well, his his whole thing was, you know, he needs to start seeing actual production instead of just possibilities with them. And it's, I'm sure it's a little bit of veteran digging to like, hey, like, Get it together here. There's some drops, some nasty drops in practice, apparently. But, hey, this is why I'm just out on receivers in Green Bay, basically. But True. also, like, I, I mean, to go back to that, we know Sammy Watkins is good for kind of like one game a year. Um, and then we know he's not much of a threat outside of that single performance. That's just what he does. So, Sammy Watkins, you can have week one, baby. All right, I'm going to bring up a name here, and we're just obligated to because it's ball blast. But I'm not going to say what you think I'm going to say. Just let me get to the final point, all right? (laughs) (laughs) So the Athletic, you know, they wrote up about how Zach Moss has strengthened his case to be active on game day and possibly even have a share in the rushing attempts. Now, we came into this offseason thinking maybe Zach Moss would be cut after they drafted um, James Cook. In the second round, we were hoping he would be cut. I know. I would no like offense. him to go to another team. But either way, we we're thinking, okay, he disappointed last year, but apparently he was injured all last year with an ankle. But the team has been talking him up the a last lot. week a lot. And he had a really good showing in preseason in his few carries. He had the question is not should you draft Zach Moss? Okay. I'm not going to go that crazy, but it's do we fade this entire backfield? Like, is Devin Singletary now like, I don't even want to touch him. Like James Cook was looking like, oh, maybe he can be a late round value. Is it going to be a three-headed running back crew 
on a team that does not even run that often? And do you just say, I don't want to touch any of these guys, Jake? Yeah, it's a four-headed running back committee now, including Josh Allen. Like that's that's not a backfield that I'm targeting. I was already hesitant before this little bit of news came out. I just didn't believe that Singletary would be a thing for long enough in the season. It's like, hey, maybe to start off as James Cook working back from injury and stuff, maybe a few games there with Singletary where he would be a value, I guess, but I'm not drafting that guy for five games if Cook is going to take over. And then now if Moss is going to come in and steal some work from him, that's I, I'm out. I'm just fully out on them. The Buffalo Bills had the fourth lowest running back target share in the NFL last year. I don't see that changing either. Like it's not like any of these guys even have necessarily like consistent targets to maybe, you know, keep that floor a little safer for fantasy. It's kind of like, did your running back fall into the end zone? Then you're probably happy with who you started that week, but I don't think you're going to be able to start any of these guys on a consistent basis and be happy with what you're getting. Yeah, I agree with you. Zach Moss forever. I know. I still have Zach Moss on some dynasty teams. I will not ever drop him ever for the entirety of his career. I'm going to You're hold contractually obligated. But I will not be surprised if he gives us a few good fantasy weeks. You know, he gets into the end zone. I still expect him to be the goal line back. Um, but it's just, it's, it's not going to be pretty. I don't think for any of these guys. Um, so moving on, uh, another thing I just wanted to bring up quickly, Michael Thomas is ready to go. According to Saints head coach, Dennis Allen, that's good news, right? He just, it's been lingering forever. The ankle, he's good to go. I likely have Michael Thomas ranked too low. Like if Michael Thomas is healthy and on the field and we've seen Jameis Winston be plenty good for fantasy wide receivers. Like I likely have Michael Thomas ranked way too low. What about like, what are your thoughts? Yeah, yeah I, I, think I do. All of us do. <laughs> <laughs> like this is even the best group that he's been paired with though, for other wide receivers. I think personally, like I love Chris Olave, the rookie. I still have a soft spot in my heart for Jarvis Landry and what he does. So, but even with that competition, like it's absurd to have him outside of the top 20, probably if he is fully healthy and, and I do right now. So I need to reevaluate. All right. And last piece of uh, news here. Uh, we'll we'll get to more news next episode because when we do our running back rankings, we'll hit on some more. But I think it is kind of important to bring up Antonio Gibson, right? Oh. We all saw the preseason game. He had a lot of fumble issues last season. They draft Brian Robinson, maybe due to that. And then he fumbles right? and instantly in preseason game one which it's interesting he's playing anyways because a lot of, you know, starting running backs aren't playing at all. He fumbles, then Brian Robinson, the rookie, comes in, looks pretty solid, has some nice plays, scores gets, a touchdown, gets yeah, some gets receiving the goal work. Line work. And then they put Antonio Gibson back in with the backups. But then also we get today that he's practicing with the commander's punt team and third string offense. Now, are they just punishing him? and saying like get your fumbles like stop fumbling and they're just punishing him and he's gonna be fine he's gonna get his workload or like what is going on i'm nervous jake are you nervous everything is trending in the wrong direction for antonio gibson <laughs> and i've been trying to find cases to make him a value and i i've been feeling like People had been previously dropping him too low. Now I think I've been maybe too high on him. And so I'm starting to change my tune on it. Antonio Gibson with all this stuff here. It's going to take some really, really, really firm news coming out ahead of the season for me to give him a lot of consideration. So like most recently on Fantasy Pros, which is consensus ADP. So like we're, we're talking about ADP from Yahoo, Fantrax, sleeper and taking the average here antonio gibson's being drafted as rb19 and that's kind of before we've gotten any of this really negative uh news feedback because it's not just that antonio gibson is not trending well it's that brian robinson is trending well plus antonio gibson yeah. is not like it's that kind of sandwich together. I have to imagine that this falls even further 
as the off season progresses. But I'll be honest, like uh, Travis Etienne sitting at RB23, love that, love that so value. Low. But behind that, I'll say like a lot of these guys have similar concerns. Like Josh Jacobs, we have those concerns that maybe he's not set for a full workload. J.K. Dobbins have the 820 CL. A.J. Dillon is technically a backup running back. Clyde Edwards. Aaron Rodgers wants A.J. Dillon to get 50 plus 50 receptions. No, but receptions. Like, oh, that's what I meant. Uh, Damian Harris. Like all of these guys in a similar range also have a lot of question marks. So like, I mean, I think the answer is just draft Rashad Penny, who's currently RB 30. So yeah. <laughs> or Travis Etienne, who's RB 23. I have a feeling in a couple of days when you listen to our running back episode, Antonio Gibson will not be in the top 12, but uh, wow. our ball blast love Travis Etienne might be, I think I've gotten you both on board. I'm hoping for it. We'll see if he makes it. I'm excited for that episode, but we can't get ahead of ourselves. We have quarterbacks today, and quarterbacks are always fun to talk about. So let's hop into our top 12 ball blast consensus quarterbacks. So we took all of our quarterback rankings. All of them. Averaged them out. Averaged them out. <laughs> and this is what we got for our top 12. Now, we should we start 1 to 12 or 12 to 1? I feel like the top yeah. is obvious, you yeah. know, so I kind of want to start one to 12. What, what do you guys feel? I'm, I'm down to start one to 12. Cause like one it's Josh Allen, uh, spoiler alert. Yeah. Like it's Josh <laughs> Allen. I, I don't know what to tell you. It's if really it's... Not, okay. So we're not even going to listen to Jake's opinion. We're just going to go one to 12. <laughs> two to one. So all buddy. three of us voted this guy. Number one, not voted, but projects this guy to be number one. In fantasy points for this year. Shocker, it's Josh Allen. I know we are the ball blast podcast and we're supposed to get ballsy, but it's like, come on. It, it, there's really no reason to put anyone above Josh Allen this year. He's been the quarter one, he was the quarterback one overall in points per game and total points in 2021. He's just been so good because. Not only does he run the ball often and score a lot of rushing touchdowns, he is such a good passer. And not only is he such a good passer, he passes a ton. Like he's on a team that is pass heavy, but then when they run, it's him. Like, yeah, they, they hand it off to the running back sometimes, but it's like he's the entire offense and he's so good at it. He ranks top five in pass yards, pass touchdowns, offensive yards, and total touchdowns over the last two years. Tied for second in total touchdowns since 2020 with Tom Brady. Or, sorry, only behind Tom Brady. And he's so consistent with fantasy points. He scored 20-plus fantasy points in 13 of his 17 games last year, including seven games with 29-plus points. He only scored fewer than 18 fantasy points in two weeks. Those were 14 and 15 points. Like, yeah, that's not good, but it's also, like, not going to – completely destroy you it's not like he's getting five points out there so just so consistent with such a high ceiling anything you two want to add about josh allen being number one no he is hashtag good at football hashtag good at football (laughs) yes he's all right there's really nothing to add i I mean i think everyone agrees here it's not just ball blast consensus he's the clear cut uh, quarterback one going in drafts now the real question i guess we can get to quickly would you draft him because he's going at the end of the second round in one That's, quarterback leagues, are you drafting Josh Allen? It's too early for me. I don't like to, and we'll get into some of these other guys as we start talking. Yes, he's the clear-cut number one. I think there are some other guys down this list that have his upside there. And so if we're going to be able to get at least a couple few rounds distance from him. I'd rather take those guys. And I also love to punt sometimes and just wait forever to take a quarterback. So I'd rather do that. Yeah, I'm not going to have Josh Allen on any of my teams except for my dynasty leagues. But it it really comes down to the fact that like, and I'm looking at the quarterback position this year and I'm thinking it feels really deep. Like it feels like there are a lot of quality options at quarterback this year. And it feels like there's a lot of upside at quarterback just overall. So no, I'm not going to take Josh Allen at, at the end of the second round when 
I think there's uh, another quarterback who I may have talked about last week who has a pretty high upside. Yeah, I'm with you. I just like a lot of guys later that they're not going to score as much as Josh Allen, but the difference of the player that you can get at the end of the second round, whether it be a running back, wide receiver, tight end, like it's just too great to give up for a quarterback and one quarterback league. So I'm with you there. If you draft him, I'm sure you'll be happy, but he will have to, he has to end as a quarterback one, like heavily, like he has to well outscore everyone else to be a good pick at the end of the second round there. Um, let's move on to number two. Cause it gets kind of interesting here. I've been listening to other podcasts and I've been looking at all their consensus rankings or just rankings of one person. And they don't actually have this guy this high. Patrick Mahomes. Now it sounds weird to say, but because Patrick Mahomes is probably the best quarterback in the league. What a trash bag. But having him as quarterback two <laughs> this season is actually, you know, different than most people. You mean it's ballsy. It's I guess. I have him as quarterback five. So I'm very different than you two. The reason why he's our two is because you both have him at number two. And that's how the averages worked out there. So Jake, you have him at two, Kate two, me five. I'll let you guys go because clearly you're much higher on him than I am. Explain yourself. No Tyreek Hill. How is he going to score all these fantasy points? Quickly, I will say he was a quarterback five in fantasy points per game in 2021. Quarterback four overall. So why is he going to be better this year? Okay. It's not um, It's not really a big question about talent, of course. Yeah. It. it comes down to a consistency for me um, and upside. We know he has the upside, but in terms of consistency, he has scored 20 or more fantasy points in 51 of his 63 career starts. That is an insane, insane uh, floor. It's an insane ceiling. He's Mr. Consistency. And Michelle, like you bring up Tyreek Hill, who is obviously a huge, huge loss. And I think the the challenging thing is that we don't have a very significant sample size of what Patrick Mahomes does with and without Tyreek Hill. But in the five games that he played without Tyreek Hill, only averaged like just under two fewer fantasy points per game in those five outings, was less efficient in terms of his touchdown production, but it was actually having to throw the ball a few more times per game. Um, which resulted in some extra yardage to kind of balance out some of that decreased efficiency. Cause it, he did, he averaged nearly uh, like 1.5 fewer yards per attempt with uh, without Tyreek Hill than he did with, which is a pretty sick. Not 1.5.5. Math is hard. Oh, my bad. It, Hey, it's still point zero point five. It's significant it's still, over the course yeah. of a season. Yeah. It is significant, but he still has Tyree kill or he still has Travis Kelsey. And guess what? He has Juju freaking Smith Schuster, like Juju Smith Schuster. Yeah. You'll never not say Juju Smith Schuster. People know who you mean when you just okay, say fine. Juju. Juju he but, does have a knee injury and he did not practice today. Did not say that in the news. We'll wait. Cause I don't know how serious it is or not, or if it's just a day, you know, a vet day rest. But something to keep an eye on. Something to keep an eye on. But I'm not yet going to move Patrick McCombs. I look at Juju like a wide receiver one. He's not Tyreek Hill in any stretch of the imagination. Very different play players, play styles, everything. But I do think Juju is a very capable wide receiver one. And I think that he has scoring potential. I, I don't know what you see outside of the fact that Juju's not Tyreek Hill, uh, it, I, I just think. I just think he was the quarterback. It's not as significant a downgrade as you're making it seem. I'm not even downgrading him as a thing. I'm giving him the same ranking as he was last year. Like he was the quarterback five in fantasy points per game last year. I have him as quarterback five. I don't think he's going to get worse. Like I think he's going to still be really good. His yards per attempt were way down last year. Compared to his average, I can see that increasing with all the weapons he has that aren't just Tyree Kill. Um, but I, I just I can't say it's going to get better without him. Jake, why do you have him at two? I like the safety that Patrick Mahomes absolutely provides here. Yes, he was quarterback five in points per game. He's never been lower than that in his entire career. That's the floor to me. 
And then we talk about the addition. So obviously Juju. Then there's Marquez Valdez-Scantling and Sky Moore. Now these guys themselves, not dynamos, but I've said it before. I'll say it again. I believe they're still better than what was behind Tyreek Hill last year. I think this just looks like a bit more of a spread offense. I don't think any one guy is necessarily hyper-targeted, and I include Except Travis. Except for Juju or, and Travis Kelsey. Yeah, no. I don't include <laughs> either of them, and that, I think it's going to be pretty spread out. But, you know, the offense also started out really lethargic last season. It was a very odd beginning to the Chiefs season overall. They definitely started to get things picked back up down the stretch. I think that that's kind of where we lead off this year. So I just like his safety, and I'm not as woeful about the Tyreek Hill loss. Well, and I think like Michelle, so even if he doesn't finish um, as QB two, I do think the range of outcomes is, I mean, so much smaller. Like you look at a player like uh, Kyler Murray or Jalen Hurts, I think their range of outcomes is much more significant than that of Patrick Mahomes. And that's why I'm willing to draft Patrick Mahomes as QB two, as opposed to QB five, even if he ends up as QB five, because I yeah. think he's so safe. And I think that's fair. And uh, uh, so where he's going in drafts, he's still going as quarterback two. So although I said a lot of people don't have him ranked as quarterback two in their projections. Um, so experts, apparently experts are lower. Yeah, on but apparently he's still going quarterback two in drafts. So I will not have him anywhere in any of my leagues with the way we just talked about Josh Allen. I'm expecting you guys will not either. One last note I wanted to bring up on Mahomes before we move on the number three guy. So no, his numbers in his career have not changed with Tyreek Hill in and out of entire games, but I pulled up his stats um, with Tyreek Hill on and off the field during Patrick Mahomes' career. So anytime he goes to the sideline for a playoff or whatever, Patrick Mahomes open target percent. So that means the guy he's targeting on the pass is three plus yards of separation away from the defender when the pass arrives. That percentage drops from 53% to 47%. So a whole 5% difference there of targeting open, open guy, open receiver. And that is reflected in his completion percentage because with Tyreek Hill on the field, his completion percentage is 67%. With him off the field, it drops all the way to 63%. That's 4% difference. That's pretty massive. I still think Patrick Mahomes is going to be fantastic. He is the best quarterback in the league. He has, it's like, it's not really fair because when Tyreek Hill was off the field, that means Demarcus Robinson and like Byron Pringle. Yeah, all of the, the field. All of the so, best separators in the league. He has better weapons now than he had as his wide receiver two, three before that. So, I, but that's just something I wanted to point out. I, I don't think it's going to affect him all that much, but I don't have it affecting him. I have also, him being the same as last year. But also, Michelle, like looking at the open target percentage, like specifically, like, yes, uh, Tyreek Hill is a good enough separator that he is going to change the average, even if the surrounding yeah. cast um, isn't performing well. Like Tyreek Hill will separate enough that he is going to skew that average significantly like it i mean the, it's just math like it makes sense because well, demarcus do. robinson is not going to separate the way that tyree kill does uh, it byron pringle also, will not sky more better than demarcus robinson i know that's a hot yes take. i know it is true. but i'm gonna say true. it anyway bold true bold if true. all right i'm moving on to quarterback number three i have to keep us on track here um, I'm already failing. I'm sorry. I don't know who put me in charge of this. All right. Next up number three, we have Kyler Murray. Now Jake and I are clearly the highest on him. I actually have him as my quarterback two, and Jake, you have him at quarterback three, Kate Lois on him at quarterback six. Kate is low on Kurt, Kyler Murray compared to, compared to Jake and I Murray was the quarterback four in points per game in 2021 quarterback 10 overall, but he missed three games. Kate. Explain yourself. Why is he so low? I honestly don't feel great about my ranking for him. Like, <laughs> um, honestly, like Kyler Murray for me came down literally to me really liking some other quarterbacks ahead of him. And it doesn't really sit great with me. And y'all hear my, my rankings on other quarterbacks here soon. But I mean, Kyler Murray, I think all of these players, uh, let's say the next four quarterbacks that we're going to discuss are right there in the same tier for me as kind of like that 
you're not Josh Allen, you're not Patrick Mahomes, but you all fall in a very similar tier. And if I had any of these players, I'd be super happy because I, I think all of them have a very similar ceiling. But I mean, Kyler Murray, again, it just came down to maybe me liking some of the other weaponry that these other quarterbacks had, et cetera. Okay. So Murray was a quarterback two in 2020. So now we have two years straight of really good fantasy production. He was the quarterback three from weeks one through seven last year before injuring his ankle. Now, like I didn't include week eight in there and he did play the whole game and he didn't get injured for till right at the end, but that was a really bad game. So I'll give you that, right? That was a really bad game for him. So you just purposely left off a but game. That he was he the sucked. quarterback one through <laughs> He was a quarterback three from one through seven, but then he, you know, he missed a lot of time. He comes back in week three and everyone acts like he was absolutely terrible when he came back. You know, it just seemed like he fell off and the whole team fell off because they were losing a lot of games, but he was still the quarterback six from weeks 13 through 18 when he came back. So he's such a safe floor with a very high ceiling. Yeah. He's going to be without Hopkins for the first six weeks, but I think the addition of Marquise Brown is, you know, will clear that up. And then he has both of them. When Hopkins goes back, plus Ronald Moore in second year. Uh, Jake, why do you have him rank three? Any anything else same, to add? Yeah, a lot of the same reasons you already listed. I'm very comfortable with his rushing floor, especially. Uh, and I do like his weapons. I also love Zach Ertz and him being there a full year, I think is going to be beneficial. Zach Ertz came over mid season from Philly, literally like hopped on a plane from Philly, suited up for the game the next day and just crushed it. Uh, even with that. So an entire offseason of this offense, I like him there. And I think it doesn't get talked about enough. Kyler's dealt with injuries the last two years. In 2020, it was his shoulder. It was his throwing shoulder. That just made him pick it up on the ground. And then he got obscene numbers rushing and touchdowns, rushing touchdowns. And then last year, opposite ankle injury, had a little bit higher passing production. It just shows that he can do it either way. And so even with injury, he's been that great. So this year, he's a lock. Yeah, I agree. And he's going as a quarterback five. So he's actually one of those guys that I've seen fall into the fifth round. Um, you know, if you're in a league that doesn't value quarterbacks as much and one quarterbacks and they're kind of taking him later, he falls fifth, sixth round. I'm fine taking him there. I think his upside is so great that at that point he is one of those first quarterbacks that I'm thinking of taking with his current cost. So I love Kyler Murray. Kate, you need to push him up your rankings. I'm sorry. Again, like tiered rankings. Yes, all yes, of these yes. guys we're discussing, they fall in the same tier. Um, and I love the upside here. But like Kyler Murray, um, I kind of even didn't consider uh, Zach Ertz, who I absolutely love. Uh, but in my projections, like him and... Uh, Justin Herbert, for example, like they came so close. Well, and they came so close in our consensus rankings, like pretty much ranked the exact same. I put Kyler Murray ahead since Jake and I were so high on him. But number four here is Justin Herbert. And now all of us think he's going to have a really nice season because I have him at number three. I'm actually the highest on him compared to all of you. So I have a Josh Allen, Patrick, or sorry, Josh Allen, Kyler Murray, then Justin Herbert. Jake, you have Herbert at four. Kate, you have him at four. So we all think he's going to be a top four guy. He is going as the quarterback three. So he's being drafted as such. He was the quarterback two overall and in points per game in 2021. He's been dominant in his NFL career, most passing yards and passing touchdowns in a player's first two seasons in NFL history. He did start off a little slow last season. He scored fewer than 20 fantasy points in five of his first nine games. But then he had 20 plus fantasy points in each of his last eight games. So with the way he started so slow and then he ended up as a quarterback, two overall is even more interesting to me. Jake, are you worried at all that we might see the first half of the season, Justin Herbert, or are you just like, he's going to be absolutely fine? I think a lot of this actually hinges on Mr. Mike Williams because the fact that he started off so slow and Mike Williams' biggest games came in those very same slow starts is a little conspicuous. So how yeah. much do they want to involve him this year? I think if it's an issue Enough of him to trying to force him the ball. A year. <laughs> yeah. So, hey, if Justin's going to keep forcing him the ball and that's going to be a detriment to him, then we could see that first half version of him. And, and maybe that's concerning, but... You know, that's ultimately why I don't have him quite as high. That and 
although he does have some rushing floor. People try to act like he doesn't. It's kind of like that Dak Prescottian range. Like he put up 300 yards on the ground last year. You know, it's not to the extent of like a Kyler where he can make up for it with that. No, but he's like capable of movement, which I think is like a, <laughs> a huge plus. Like Justin Herbert, I think of him in the same kind of way that I think of, uh, you know, maybe a Joe Burrow or um, a Tua. Like those are guys that you don't necessarily think of as run first quarterbacks, but they're plenty capable. Uh, you know, if they get flushed outside the pocket, they can absolutely make a play with their legs. Um, Justin Herbert, I mean, he's Herbert's so, a better rushing quarterback than either of those two guys though. But, and he's also a better passer, which yeah. is why we're not talking about those other guys. So it, oh my just, God, Bengals fans are going to come at you hard. Well, we are, uh, sorry. We are going to talk about, uh, Joe Burrow, uh, spoiler alert, but I mean, Joe, Justin Herbert definitely has been a better passer and i mean the efficiency it, numbers been, last year would stay otherwise he's been uh well and we also have a larger sample size from justin herbert so that leans in his direction as well it's not joe burrow's fault that he tore his acl and yada yada but a uh, justin herbert is a great passer he's a capable mobile quarterback we don't need to convince you to draft him yeah, we don't. And from weeks 11 through 18, because I said the slow start, weeks 11 through 18, like pretty much the entire second half of the season. I mean, that's a nine-game sample size. He was the quarterback one, like over Josh Allen, and they played the same amount of games. Like the quarterback one, not just like, oh, because he played an extra game. No, in points per game and overall, he was the quarterback one. So, And the weapons haven't changed either. You still have – You still, you still have all have, the same weapons, yeah. yeah. So Justin Herbert's a good – a really good value. That's what I'm saying. Like he's there's safe. no really reason to pick Josh Allen at the end of the second. If you want a top tier quarterback like this, you can wait another round and take Justin Herbert. I still think it's too high for me personally, but you might as well wait the extra round. Justin Herbert's going to be great as well. Moving on to number five, who I think this is where you start to get really good value uh, from a quarterback. We finally figure out Jake feelings on Jalen Hurts for fantasy because he's been so secretive about it. Turns out either we rubbed off on him or he likes him. Like yeah, either one. I don't know if he just heard us talking too much about him or what, but we have him as our consensus quarterback five, Jalen Hurts, Eagles quarterback. I have him at four. Jake has him at five. You are the lowest. And Kate has him the highest at number three. But clearly we all really like this guy. I mean, if you've been listening to the Ball Blast podcast, you know. Literally at all, ever. You know we're obsessed with him. We don't have to get into it too much. He was the quarterback six in points per game last year. So we're predicting one spot higher, which I also think he can kill that as well. He was the quarterback nine overall, but he missed two games. Led the Eagles in carries, rush yards, rush touchdowns last year. A really consistent at least scoring 20 plus fantasy points per game or fantasy points in a game nine times last year of his 15 games played. He gets AJ Brown now plus Devonta Smith in his second all, year. That's what, that's what's so impressive is that he did all of this with uh, Jalen Rager, Quez Watkins, JJ Arthago Whiteside. Who, no, he did have Devonta Smith. He did have Devonta Smith. Sorry. Uh, it, yes, but rookie. he's also a rookie and also like he just, it, it, this is definitely the best team and surrounding cast that he has played with. I, Dallas Goddard remains one of the most underrated tight ends, I think, in the NFL. Literally ranked second in yards per route run last year, Dallas Goddard. And nobody talks about him, like nobody at all. And he's been super efficient as a tight end in terms of his receiving work. So, I love the surrounding cast. I think he has a super high upside. And if you want more reasons for that, we're not going to tell well, you. I Go want... back and listen to last week's well, episode. So you and I have talked about Jalen Hurts nonstop. I did want to get Jake's opinion on Jalen Hurts, even though Kate just stole all the time on him. It's okay. <laughs> oh, my Lord. It's very I... easy for me. I'll keep mine very short. I'm passionate. 
it's what he did last year, which we already saw, and now you add A.J. Brown. That's it. That is the entire argument. Maybe he takes away some rushing attempts in favor of that. That's the only reason probably why I'm lower on him than you two are by a smidge. Even with that, I don't care. He's great. He is great, and it looks like he's um, grown a lot from last year. Preseason hype is out of the world here not on, like in training camp and then he killed it on the one drive that they had you know six for six 80 plus yards a touchdown so it was great he's going as a quarterback seven for whatever reason you would think he's be drafted like everyone seems you to fools. love him you fools you, you scoundrels like i don't understand why he's still quarterback seven so he will be on a lot of my teams um no he if won't. he if he falls we're in a lot of to that range together. but yeah, we love him, obviously. We're Draft out. Jalen Hurts. We're in a lot of leagues together, honey bun. Yeah, so that means you're not going to get him either if we're no. fighting for it. Oh, I will draft him in the first round, baby. <laughs> All right, quarterback six who comes in here. It is uh, Lamar Jackson. We all have him pretty much uh, projected to be the same. I have him at six. Jake has him at six. Kate has him at five. Um, so we all... Are we all like Lamar Jackson, right? He's being drafted as a quarterback four, so a little bit ahead of where we have him. I think my only uh, concerns here are that the five guys that we have above him are all fantastic. It's really hard to push any of those guys down for Lamar Jackson, and Lamar Jackson is miss missing like the weapons. Really, I mean, he has Rashad Bateman and then Mark, Mark Andrews. Andrews. Yeah, but. That's my biggest worries. He was the quarterback seven in points per game in 2021. Quarterback 15 overall, but he missed five games. Jake, give me your reasons for Lamar Jackson at six. I mean, he he's had the most rushing attempts per game still of his young career last year. Only played in 12. And, and I think maybe just injury concerns are pushing him down a little bit. Like the dude is basically with these weapons, without these weapons, almost a lock for near a thousand yards on the ground. So it's impossible for me to put him any lower than this. It is just the thing of like, you know, what happens if Bateman gets hurt? Like now you are kind of screwed, my man. Like you've only got Mark Andrews. It's just the complete lack of options behind those guys on the depth chart that scare me a little bit, but obviously not too much. So still love them. I mean, for me, the question mark kind of comes down to it. I mean, like you said, Jake, if Rashad Bateman goes down, what in the world does Lamar Jackson do? But I mean, the kind of beautiful thing is that, you know, that Lamar Jackson, if uh, he doesn't have a, a receiving option, like I, he tends to get his work on designed runs, but you know that he's more than capable of taking off if he can't find a target. And I think that that is what bolsters him into this territory, despite the concerns, is obviously the rush attempts. But, I mean, overall, like, it, it's not like Jackson has always had the best surrounding cast. I mean, you've had Marquise Brown, but he's never been, you know, really dealing with an alpha wide receiver. Like, Jalen Hurts just got A.J. Brown. Imagine A.J. Brown paired with Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson would probably be the quarterback one if AJ Brown had been traded to this team, but really you're banking on Mark Andrews and you're banking on the rush attempts and everything else is kind of a question mark. And that's probably the only reason I have him at, you know, I have him at five uh, and like, we know the ceiling is quarterback one. Yeah. I mean, he was a quarterback five in fantasy points per game last year. I did say seven because that's where technically he is if you go look it up. But they're counting his week 14 game where he played against the Browns and he had four pass attempts. Now, if you play in the game, it counts. But, I mean, he, he had four pass attempts before he got hurt. So prior to that week, weeks one through 13, the games he played, he was a quarterback five in fantasy points per game. Now you lose Marquise Brown. I do think that is a big loss, but he'll still be fine. So I'm good with him at six, but he's going as a quarterback four. So likely I'm not going to be drafting him as in many things. And I, I would guess the same for both of you as well. Moving on to our quarterback seven. I do think this is one of the riskier ones and I don't know why. I don't know why, 
But we have put on your big girl pants and let's get to the analysis. We have, we have him higher than where consensus has him, where he's going in draft. So it's Russell Wilson at number seven. He's being drafted as a quarterback 10. So we're a little bit higher on him as a group. Uh, I have him at eight. Jake has him at eight and Kate has him at seven. It's pretty wild that we do all of these projections separately. And it seems like we're like all right there with. We talk each to each other, other too much. You guys. Yeah, we do. <laughs> Group think, baby. So Russell Wilson, you know, last year was a down year for him. Quarterback 13 in fantasy points per game. Quarterback 16 overall. Missed three games. He did this while ranking 25th in pass attempts, 25th in completion percentage, 18th in rush yards. But. Like, that was a down year. He had his injury, sure. But the years prior, he was great every year for fantasy. 2020, he was a quarterback six. 2019, he was a quarterback four. 2018, he was a quarterback nine. Now he goes to the Broncos. They have a lot of weapons. They do. They have a, a nice team. You would expect them to pass a bit more with Russell Wilson. Uh, Kate, why why Russell Wilson up this high oh, and instead of you know quarterback 10? Why do we have him at quarterback seven? For me, it comes down to the opportunity that he's going to have with the Broncos. I just am just so in on Russell Wilson because I don't like we know that Russell Wilson was kind of steering the boat in terms of where he was going to be traded. He wouldn't have picked the Denver Broncos if there wasn't an understanding that this is my offense. This is my team. And you're going to let me play quarterback. I'm not just going to be the game manager that I was with the Seattle Seahawks. I 100% think that this is going to be an offense that leans more on Russell Wilson and uses that rushing game not as the base, but as the complement. I think Russell Wilson is set up to be the base. Michelle, you've already convinced all of us on the production of Cortland Sutton and why he is going to be a top-end wide receiver this year. But like, let's not forget Jerry Judy, who was a, like one of the best talents coming out of the draft uh, one of the best route runners in his class that complements Russell Wilson so well in terms of style and finesse. Like I love Russell Wilson and I think that everything that he's doing versus what the upside is, like we already know what the upside is and we know he's relatively safe. Also, can I just call out that this move to Denver, the reason I love it so much is he is now in the most hyper-competitive offensive division in the NFL. The teams yes. that he has to play against, that is a lock of six games of crazy high passing production. Going against the likes of Justin Herbert with the Chargers and Pat Mahomes and even Derek Carr, who I know you guys don't love, but I still do. But. <laughs> These are all going to be high offensive games and they're crafting it around him. So just love it for Russell. Yeah. I, I think Russell Wilson's one of the safer quarterbacks you can take, especially at that cost, like easy. All right. Coming in at number eight is Tom Brady, which yes, we all know he ranked a lot higher, but we all have him pretty low. Uh, not low. I mean, he's still our quarterback eight consensus, but I have him at nine. Uh, Jake, you are the highest at seven and Kate's right there in the middle at eight. Um, so he comes in as our quarterback eight overall. He was a quarterback three last year in overall points and points per game. But prior to that, he was a quarterback 11 in points per game in 2020, quarterback 12 in 2019, quarterback 13 in 2018. And we saw him as a quarterback two in 2017. And like I just said, then after being quarterback two in 2017, he jumped all the way down to quarterback 13 in 2018. So we've seen this jump before 719 pass attempts last year, right? 719 pass attempts. That's nearly 50 more pass attempts than the next closest guy, which is Justin Herbert. And only four quarterbacks were within a hundred pass attempts of Brady last season. And that was Herbert Mahomes, uh, Josh Allen and Derek Carr. And when it comes to Derek Carr, he had, he was in the 100 range, but had 93 fewer pass attempts. That's how crazy it is, how many pass attempts that he had last year. Like, Jake, can he get close to that? Like, obviously he can, but will he? I don't think he will, and that's why I'm not going to put him up top three quarterbacks here. 
There is some obviously changes coming with the coaching staff and that. But if I look to their backfield and what their team is still structured around, it's hard for me to say like, oh, yeah, it's still just going to be the Leonard Fournette show. And they got rid of Ronald Jones. Now, I know that people are excited about the rookie incoming here, too. And, and I'm not quite as much. But I just think the good news of Chris Godwin coming back, it looks like he is more on track to be available for the majority of the season than we originally thought. So that's great news. I'm crazy high on Mike Evans. I know that Katie is, Kate is too. So like that's going to play into this. And I'm just tired of betting against the guy. I'm tired of it. So I want him right smack dab in the middle of my rankings. Bonus points if he drags Gronk back out of retirement, which I still <laughs> think is a possibility. Yeah, and to be fair, we are still higher than uh, you know where he's being drafted. He's being drafted as quarterback nine. We're saying he'll end as the quarterback eight. So we're not even low on him, even though it seems like we are since he was the quarterback three last year. No Gronk, no AB. I think those are big deals. Um, Kate, like, are you worried at all about where we have him ranked or you feel pretty good about it? I mean, I think like Jake, as you said, it, you can get tired of betting against Tom Brady. And I think that, all of us would agree that Tom Brady uh, QB three overall, once again, is always going to be in the realm of possibility for Tom Brady, but uh, you know, 45 years old, again, we don't, we, we keep saying the age, but like at some point this has to be true. No Gronk I think is absolutely significant. And Chris Godwin, though he might be on the field, we don't know that he's going to be a hundred percent, uh, injury analyst Matthew Betts for the fantasy footballers who uh, we obviously trust as a former ball blastee. He says that he doesn't project Chris Godwin or Chris Godwin to be like a, a full-time version of himself until maybe the second half of the season. I do think that's going to have an impact on Brady, especially when, you know, maybe you don't have as, as much talent in terms of, you're receiving running backs, which we know the the Bucks have had trouble with. Like they just don't have reliable hands for the running backs. Yeah, and now Rashad White, I, I think, will be you know good there. He for, yeah, he helps with the hands things with wide running backs, but we'll see how much he's used as a rookie. Moving on to quarterback nine, my boy. But Leo, apparently, after last year or last week's episode i don't know if i talked you guys up or whatnot maybe you guys were already high but trey lance lands at number nine i think it's too low i personally have him at seven i have russell wilson and tom brady both ranked behind him so i would take i would take trey lance ahead of those guys now you both have him at nine so you still have him top 10 he's going as a quarterback 13 so I'm assuming if he's going as quarterback 13, you both have him as quarterback nine. He is one of your favorite values at the quarterback position in drafts. Am I correct there? Love yes. it. Love it. That rushing floor is so sick. And that's what kids still say, right? When something's good, it's sick. Yeah. I'm hoping, uh, but it's great. It's like good. if you look at last year, Jimmy Garoppolo finishes as the QB 16 in points per game. Jimmy Garoppolo did that <laughs> and that offense. You're telling me Trey Lance can't easily, easily surpass that. The team ranked 31st in total pass attempts last year. Like, I don't even care if you throw the ball, Trey, because you just have to run for like 2,000 yards. I think he could do it. <laughs> no, but for real, um, I, I brought this stat up last episode when I was talking about how I think Trey Lance um, is going to be the 2021 version of Jalen Hurts in fantasy, just like the best deal of drafts. But I said since 2010, quarterbacks with 120 plus carries in a season, there has been 12 of those quarter, 12 of those instances, right? 10 out of the 12 instances that quarterback scored 20 plus fantasy points per game that season. That's just like, if you run a lot, you're going to score a lot of fantasy points and you can hate the rules, whatever, like change them in your league. But if you play in a normal standard league, this is what's going to happen. Um, and Trey Lance started just two games and really he played in about two and a half games because he came in, in the second half of one game. Um, he had 38 rushing attempts last year. 38 and he really only played in two and a half games he's going to hit that 120 mark like pretty easily I, I he's so easy for me to just draft and just so safe from a week 
and fantasy. And he has a really strong arm as well. Like not complete, not very accurate, but I think he's slightly fatigued. (laughs) Like I think he's working on his accuracy and we'll see where that's at come this season. Last year it was kind of up and down. He kind of reminds me of a young Josh Allen in that way where it's like, Oh my, like, one pass, you're like, oh, my God, look at that arm. And the next pass, you're like, who the hell was he targeting? <laughs> like, that's the kind of player he is, but it does not matter. Jalen Hurts last year had 16 pass touchdowns, 16, and he still is a quarterback six in points per game. I think Trey Lance can have 16 pass touchdowns. I just do, and I think he's going to put up a ton of rushing yards. We talked so much about him last week, so I'm going to move on. Trey Lance, just as a, a side note, had more rush attempts last year than Matthew Stafford. Matt Ryan, Derek Carr, to uh, Joe Burrow, uh, Tom Brady. And he had the same number of rush attempts as Dak Prescott and wow. Justin Herbert, which I think is insane in the membrane. Like, because this dude didn't play. <laughs> like, just uh, goes to show you what he's going to be able to do once he has this role full time. Um, I mean, the Trey Lance upside is significant. And I mean, we said from the get that he was a very raw prospect and I'm hoping that a year under his belt is going to help that progression. Yeah. Okay. Quarterback 10. You may have been waiting to hear this guy's name because he's going as a quarterback six in fantasy drafts. So clearly ball blast a little lower on him. No, it's not because Kate and I are Steelers fans because Jake is not a Steelers fan. He has him ranked the same way. Uh-huh. It's Joe Burrow. I have him at 10. Jake has him at 10 as well. Kate is the lowest at 11, but right there pretty much with us. Um, this is kind of where our tier break is, right? Because Trey Lance, his average ranking for us is 8.3. And then we go all the way to 10.3 as our average ranking at quarterback for Joe Burrow. So we're saying there's a pretty big gap here uh, between Lance and Burrow. Um Burrow was the quarterback 10 in points per game last season. So we have him pretty much scoring the exact same as last year. Quarterback eight overall. Obviously, they improved the offensive line. He was extremely efficient last year. I guess maybe that's kind of where we're going here with it. So the world has Joe Burrow at quarterback six, right? Jake, why do why do you have him at 10? It's because he has the most concerns out of this bunch of anybody for me. Yeah, his upside is still really great, and I believe in it. But we have to take into account the fact that last season, 22%, almost a full quarter of his fantasy points, came in his last two games that he played. That's a massive, massive difference than what we saw from him the previous 14 games that he ended up playing there. So... I don't know. It's really just a question of like, is that guaranteed to continue? And obviously the playoffs were great for him too. Those last two games I was talking about for the regular fantasy season, but that did stretch into the playoffs. But like, are we just assuming for sure that that's a thing? I'm not. Um, And I don't think that his rushing production, as we talked about, is enough to get rid of those concerns like Trey Lance does. I don't care, again, what Trey Lance does because he's going to rush. Joe Burrow, not necessarily going to do that. Yeah, I think uh, the question for me with Joe Burrow and maybe why I have him a bit lower, he had three weeks where he finishes the overall QB1 and still finished as the QB8 overall, which is fine. But outside of those performances, he finished uh, like in even his QB1 games, like he was in the QB9 to QB12 range. Like outside, if if he wasn't QB1, he was a low-end QB1 or worse. And For me, it just kind of comes down to, yes, you've got that upside, but can I count on you to finish top five every week? Like I could have Patrick Mahomes or a Jalen Hurts, in my opinion. No, Uh, Joe Burrow, I think, has some more risks associated. And I I mean, I'm just not sold on this draft position here. Yeah, I, I think a lot of people will say, well, his pass attempts should increase, right? They're only at 520 last year. Yes. Those should increase. And I have them increasing because of all the playmakers he has around him, but his efficiency numbers should go down. So I think it's all going to equal out like 70.4 completion percentage led the league, 8.9 yards per attempt led the league. He had a 6.5 touchdown, right? Like these are all really extremely hard numbers to replicate. Like you have to expect those to come down. So while the pass attempts come up, I think those are going to come down. It's kind of all going to equal out. 
It's and that's, yeah. And that's why we have him at 10 here. If he was a quarterback 10 in points per game last year, we have him at 10 here again. He's a great NFL quarterback. I would have him rank higher as 10 as an NFL quarterback, but fantasy, it's hard to get him higher than that. Moving on to number 11, which I'm so proud of our <laughs> podcast for getting this guy into the top 12. <laughs> Thank you so much, everybody. Uh, number 11 is Kirk Cousins. I'm actually the lowest on him. What? I've That's mind-blowing. It's mind-blowing. I've been talking <laughs> this guy up all offseason, and I have him in at 12, and I'm like, oh, I hope he makes it. I hope he makes it. And then Jake has him at 11, and Kate has him at 10. So I am the lowest on Kirk Cousins. Guys, no, Michelle wanted to talk about Kirk Cousins in the top 12 so badly that she thought Jake and I were going to rank him so poorly that she's <laughs> like, I might need to move him up in my rankings just that – so that it averages out so that Kirk Cousins is in the top 12. Like, I, didn't, I, didn't, I was never going to do that. She was never that. going to falsify records, which is like a federal crime in fantasy football language. But, I mean, obviously, we're all high on Kirk Cousins. It's not hard to, like, discern why. He was the quarterback 12 in points per game in 2021. He was a QB 1 in 56% of games in 2021. That's, that means top 12 quarterback. Top 12 but that's the exact same percentage as Joe Burrow, right? The exact same percentage of top 12 finishes. Who you're drafting? Joe Burrow, who everyone's obsessed with Joe Burrow. And they're like, oh, he's going to be amazing. He was, you know, he's going as a quarterback six. Well, Kirk Cousins is going as a quarterback 15. Quarterback 15. And, like, the guy has been nothing but very productive over the last two years while being stuck with a head coach that's very defensive-minded, run-heavy, like he had 4,200 passing yards in each of the last two seasons and 33 or more pass touchdowns, 35 touchdowns in 2020, 33 last year. And like, don't say 17 games because he only played 16 last year. So both of those two seasons were 16 games, insanely productive. And he's not even on a heavy, like a pass heavy offense. Now you bring in new head coach, Kevin O'Connell, who was the offensive quarter for the Rams last year, who had Matthew Stafford throwing 41 touchdowns. I absolutely love Kirk Cousins this year. He is my favorite late round quarterback. Especially like if you're in a super flex league, he's not Ugh. he's not a late round quarterback, but he's one of my like he's still going really high, obviously in a two quarterback league, but he's my favorite second quarterback. Yeah. Easily. Because he's so safe. And I mean, I think the upside here is pretty significant. I mean, based on what we've heard out of camp. Uh, like from Justin Jefferson, I love Justin Jefferson's comment on the offense. Like you see why Cooper Cup was open as often as he was. Now you also bring back Adam Thielen, who's healthy. Uh, I'm sure everybody got their sleeper alert uh, on Tuesday, just saying that he looks healthy and he looks like the Adam Thielen of yesteryear. And I think when you have this caliber of weapons surrounding you, it's it's going to be really hard not to believe in Kirk Cousins when we're drafting Justin Jefferson as the wide receiver one. And we're all on board with Adam Thielen being one of the best values in the NFL right now. Yeah. Jake, what are your thoughts on Kirk Cousins? Kevin O'Connell came out. He said he wants him to be more aggressive and take more chances. Sign me up. Like, again, he's done all this already in the past. Now he's going to be more aggressive with the passing, more three wide receiver sets. I love K.J. Osborne, too. Love, love Adam Thielen. Yeah, I had a ballsy take about him. So there's nothing for me not to like right now about him. Yeah, personally for me, like if Jalen Hurts doesn't fall far enough in the draft where I'm like, okay, I'm ready to take a quarterback. And then if for some reason someone snipes me on Trey Lance um, later in the draft, then my third go-to is just waiting on Kirk Cousins because quarterback 15 is insane that that's his – Cost right now. I absolutely love Kirk Cousins for next year. And then quarterback 12, lastly, probably wondering where he's going to come up, but Dak Prescott is our quarterback 12. Um, so a few names we have not mentioned, Matthew Stafford, Aaron Rodgers, and Derek Carr. Those are our 13th, 14th, and 15th quarterbacks. We can maybe hit that on that a little bit uh, before our running back episode next week. Uh, I mean, in a couple days, sorry about that. Um, but they did not make our top 12. Dak Prescott did. He just got in there. I have him at 11. Jake has him at 13. And Kate has him at 11 as well. Jake, so you're the lowest. You didn't even have him in the top 12. So I would love to hear your thoughts on why you think Dak's going to have, you know, 
a, a lower fantasy such a, season. Such a poopy season. He's going as a quarterback eight in drafts. He was the quarterback nine in fantasy points per game last year. Uh, so uh, you let us know why he's quarterback 13 for your rankings. Well, and here I thought I was going to be way lower on him than you guys. Turns out just a couple of spots below. Yeah. But I don't believe in Dak Prescott the way the consensus does out there. I, I look to a few different things. One is just all of the guys that he lost over this offseason. And it's big. I mean, Amari Cooper, Cedric Wilson, James Washington had his injury now. We did, still don't know really when Michael Gallup's going to play. He himself said it won't be week one. So we don't know at what point he comes back. So. It's C.D. Lamb, and it's Dalton Schultz, and then it's the backfield. I mean, that's still decent. That's a decent crew, but, you know, Dak, early in his career, made up for a lot with some good rushing. He had a pretty safe floor. We haven't seen that the last couple of years. That's pretty much due to injury, I presume, but I also wonder if that's just the way forward for a quarterback that they've invested a lot in, that they want to keep healthy. I don't see a reason for them to try to run him, so... I think that it's just he's he's meh to me right now. And and there's not a world where I would draft him when I could get Kirk Cousins, especially so much later at cost. Yeah, when you're only the quarterback nine in fantasy points per game and you're Dak Prescott, you know, and you're a big part of that offense and your offense scores the most points in the league. Um, I, I guess the offense only actually scored the third most points in the league because the points per game had the defense involved. Um which the defense scored at nearly four, four points per game That's last year, nuts. which is absolutely insane. That's almost a touchdown per game. It's just crazy. But when you have that good of an offense and, you know, still Amari Cooper and a healthy Michael Gallup, well, I guess not the whole season, but when you have those pieces and your offense is working so good and you're still just a quarterback nine and fantasy points per game, that's a little concerning to me. That's why. I am at 11. Uh, Kate, why Why do you have him at 11? I mean, all of the reasons you just mentioned. Amari Cooper is a big factor for me. Like, I, I obviously, CeeDee Lamb is there. Can he function as his team's, like, alpha wide receiver one and draw all of that coverage when you know there's really not any other receiving threat? Maybe, but... I also think Amari Cooper does make a big difference. Looking at uh, the splits with and without Amari Cooper for Dak Prescott in his career, averaging 5.4 fewer fantasy points per game without Amari Cooper, almost a full touchdown per game fewer without Amari Cooper on the field, uh, 78 passing yards fewer than when he has Amari on the field. Like, Overall, he's a less efficient quarterback when Amari Cooper is not on the field. And I think that's a testament to Amari Cooper, the receiver. But I also don't know that CeeDee Lamb on his own is going to be enough to balance that out. Yeah, I, I can see that for sure. All right, that's it for today's episode of the Ball Blast podcast. Now, I am want to uh preview this a little bit because when we're doing before we do our running back rankings uh we're going to record that tomorrow jake has aaron Rodgers ranked as his quarterback 16 the packers biggest fan in the world has aaron <laughs> Rodgers ranked as his quarterback 16 lower than both kate and i we're going to have to ask you about that one and we're going to need you to explain that will be fun make sure to go listen to that running back podcast that will be out in a couple days from now um i hope you enjoyed this episode if you have any additional questions hit us up on twitter um, make sure to smash that five star review and anything that you're listening to that helps us so much leave us a review as well um you can find me michelle on twitter at ball blast em, ball blast em and you can find me kate at ff ball blast you can find me jake at jake trowbridge with a w bye y'all bye. bye that's it for this week's ball blast fantasy football podcast be sure to subscribe leave those five star reviews and check out ballblastfootball.com for more league winning advice